It is Tuesday, August 8th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Position battle bets in the NFL. And maybe some preseason to look at as well. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Baker Mayfield not guaranteed to be the Bucks starter week one. Mike Vrabel not coaching the Titans in their preseason opener. And more fallout from the Chicago White Sox. But I think let's start in the NFL, Scott, where... I mean, listen, it's going to happen more and more over the course of the next four weeks. We're going to see position battles play out, running backs, uh, quarterbacks. But there's there's a market for all of this as well. There's a market for who's going to who's going to be the first guy to take snaps on week one, who's going to take the most snaps week one. Uh, and I guess we can start in Tampa, where one of the hottest quarterback battles seems to be tightening. I was kind of thought that Baker Mayfield was going to be the starter week one. Mm-hmm. Looks like maybe that's not as set in stone as it once was. Yeah, here are the odds for the Bucks starting quarterback week one. Baker Mayfield is the favorite at minus 150. Kyle Trask is plus 110. And according to reports coming out of Tampa, this race is a lot closer than it was a month ago or two months ago. I think a week ago. Yeah. And everyone's seen, or if you haven't seen, it's widely been reported about Baker Mayfield's turnover struggles so far in practices. What was it? Seven interceptions in nine 11 on 11 practices. That's not a good turnover ratio. ratio. Yeah. Meanwhile, Kyle Trask has thrown one interception in the 11 on 11 drills. Uh, There are also people that are sticking up for Baker Mayfield saying, Oh, well he's taking more chances down the field. So naturally, He's going to open himself up to interceptions, and it's only practice. I remember Sam Darnold said that during a a Jets – after a Jets practice last season, or it might have been his rookie season, where they said, hey, you're throwing a lot of interceptions here in practice. And he's like, oh, well, that's what practice is for. Is it, though? I'm I'm just learning what I can get away with and what I can't get away with. Now, that's a good answer for a rookie. Not a good answer if you're Baker Mayfield. Like, if Kyle Trask said, well, maybe because he's been in the league for a little bit. But, yeah, like a rookie saying, I need to know what I can get away with so I know that I can't make that throw in a game. I accept that answer from a rookie. I don't know what Baker Mayfield's excuse is, but the turnovers have to be concerning for Todd Bowles. Yeah, it's got to – I mean, and let's face it, he's at a disadvantage here, Baker is anyway, because the Bucs aren't thought to be a team that's going to compete this year. The Bucs are look. They look like they're going to be the worst team in their division. If that's the case, don't you want to see what you've got in the young guy instead of the guy Baker? Who, let's face it, looks like most of the uh, the tread's been worn off of him. I would think that's the case. If you recall, when we were giving out our bets for the overs and the unders when we were picking our teams, uh, I gave out the Bucks under, and the reason why I bet on the Bucks under was a lot of it had to do with. I think Kyle Trask is going to be the starting quarterback this year. And I think this team is building for the future, not competing this year. And so I'll stand by that. I do think Kyle Trask winds up being the starting quarterback for this team. Now, maybe it's Baker Mayfield week one, and then it's Kyle Trask for the majority of the season. For this bet in particular, though, 
the minus 150 on Baker Mayfield is for week one. It's not who will start more games this year. If you asked me who will start more games this year, Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask, I think Kyle Trask should be the favorite for that. But who should start or who will start week one, Baker Mayfield is the favorite. I can understand why, but I still think Trask has a real good shot of starting week one. Yeah, I think if you're counting him out, you're silly because, like I said, I think there is motivation to want him out there. Uh, So Kyle Trask taking care of the football, if he continues to do that and Baker Mayfield continues to be careless – it wouldn't shock me one bit if uh, if we see if we see Baker on the sideline week one. The Bucks will open up their preseason Friday at home against the Steelers. They are a one point favorite in that game, and I think that'll be an opportunity for Kyle Trask to shine. And if he's able to drive, have a couple of touchdown drives, and if Baker plays and he struggles, certainly this battle opens up, and well, it's already opened up, but it narrows even further than it already is right now. Just by comparison. Look at the commander's odds right now. Starting quarterback week one for the commanders, Sam Howell is minus 700. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett plus 400. It's determined. Yeah. Like, it, we know. We it know hasn't been start. announced, but, but it's, we know. Yeah. And then the 49ers starting quarterback week one, Brock Purdy minus 500. Trey Lance plus 300. Sam Darnold plus 1400. That's interesting. Yeah. And I know that there's a, a lot of talk right now about who's going to be the backup quarterback in San Francisco. So that's another interesting battle to see. Is I, And you know something? I actually feel like that is a reason to bet on the 49ers during the preseason. Because you're you're going to get fair time for all of their guys. You're going to get a good well, look at Well, not Brock Purdy. Purdy's the, not playing. But the, the fact that they have two, two quarterbacks who are very capable, you know, have been starter-level quarterbacks in this league before – you don't feel like you're wasting too many snaps out there. I think and they're going to compete. Yeah. So we know that Brock Purdy's not going to play. He's at least not going to play in, in the first preseason game. We know that for sure. But I think you're going to get a max effort from both Trey Lance and Sam Darnold because they're both trying to earn their jobs. And so I think the 49ers are a bet on team in every preseason game, unless we find out in the third preseason game that neither Darnold or Trey Lance plays. But as long as it's Darnold and Trey Lance playing in the preseason, this Sunday, 49ers, four-point favorites at the Raiders. I I love the Niners. I do, too. I think it's a good call. Speaking of preseason bets, there's a story coming out of Tennessee that I think it's it's very interesting. It's fascinating, I think. It's very interesting when it comes to how we can approach a preseason bet. For week one of the preseason, Mike Vrabel is not going to coach the Titans. or He's not or going to he's, call play. He'll be there. He, he's going to be on the sidelines. He's not going to be the head coach for the preseason. You game. might say, well, why? Is he suspended? Or? Nope. He is going to let assistant head coach and the defensive line coach, Terrell Williams, handle head coaching duties for their preseason opener against the Bears on Saturday. Williams will handle the in-game decisions. Vrabel will still be with the team on the sideline, and he'll help out, but he is pretty much taking a step back and letting Williams coach the team. The Titans are three-and-a-half-point dogs at the Bears on Saturday. It certainly doesn't want to make me back to Titans. Um, it, it feels like, and it doesn't make me want to back the Titans in the regular season either, because just like it's just like these players are getting ready for the regular season, you would expect the coaches to be as well. Uh, it just, 
it I shouldn't I, I don't know the you know the inside baseball of this, but to me it means they're not taking these games very seriously. Well, that's the thing. And that's why I like betting on the Bears here, because the Titans allowing the assistant coach to be the head coach or Vrabel allowing this to happen just shows now he can spin it all he wants and says, Oh, this guy has earned the coaching job. He's earned interviews. Let him go out there and showcase himself. And maybe, you know, maybe we're looking at it the wrong way. Maybe we should be looking at it to back the Titans. I'll get into that side of it in just a second. But the first instinct is to say, well, win or lose, they don't care. And that's the thing. Preseason, you don't, a lot of teams win or lose don't care, but you want to bet on the teams that want to win. And for the Titans, it just seems like they're just going to go through the motions here and allow a coach for the first time to be a head coach and make the decisions. Now, on the flip side of it, if you want the argument on the other side, does this maybe want make you want to bet on the Titans thinking that this coach is coaching for his career, that he is and the players want to rally for him? But do you th- do you really think a potential employer is going to be like, well, do you remember how he coached in that preseason game that one time? I, hey, I mean, that, what if it comes down to a, a key fourth down decision and he decides to go for it? And if that's don't you think like, is he going to be aggressive on fourth downs or is he going to punt it away on a fourth and short? Does he say, hey, you know what? I'm coaching. I'm the head coach. I say we go for it. Or does Vrabel say, hey, listen, we don't want to get our guys hurt or. Uh, we don't want to show any of our short yardage plays that we're going to use in the regular season. So we're not going to go for it here. We're going to try to play things close to the vest. So let's punt it away here. I think it's a fascinating case on how this game is going to be played. I do too. And I, again, I, I think that it's one of those things like it's, if you, you take your kid to the golf course with you and you're going to let him tee off for you a couple times per round. You don't want to bet on you don't want to bet on it that you're going to have the best round of your life. Like that's not the time to do it. So it, you're you're not taking it seriously. It's just hard for me to want to back that team because it. it and on top of it, just things aren't normal. Mm-hmm. And you like things to be. To me, a team I'm looking to back in the preseason is a team who's as close to normal, as close to what they were a year ago as possible. Mm. And this is going to be very different. Yeah, I think it's fun to see if the players do respond. If the players, especially on defense, you know, he's the uh, defensive line coach. If the defense responds and says, hey, we want to we want to play hard and get Coach Williams a win. I think saying like, I think it's going to be fun. I I agree with you completely. Like it's it's certainly interesting. I just don't think it's optimal. Mm. Well, other decisions have been made about the preseason openers. C.J. Stroud will start at quarterback for the first preseason game for the Texans. I don't think this is a a surprise, AJ. He's the rookie. He's going to go into the year as the starter. You want to see him get some work in early on. Texans, one-and-a-half-point favorites at the Patriots Thursday night. Yeah, there was some doubt about whether or not C.J. Stroud would be the uh, the preseason starter, but he's kind of pulled away from Davis Mills in practice from everything I've read and, and talked to my people in Houston about. Uh, so he's right now he's earned the spot at the top of the depth chart more than it just being handed to him because he was a high draft pick. Uh, he will have to do it without a right tackle because Titus Howard broke his hand in practice. He's out mm. for four to six weeks. Not a great start for the C.J. Stroud era. No, that's not good. Uh, other quarterback news. Teddy Bridgewater. Ted. Teddy. Teddy covers has a new team as he signs with the Lions to back up Jared Goff. Uh, obviously, it's a good signing. Teddy Bridgewater is one of the top backup quarterbacks in all of the NFL. The the quarterback that was behind Jared Goff was Nate Sudfeld. 
Yeah. So now you have a legitimate backup in Teddy Bridgewater. He reunites with Dan Campbell, so he's happy. He's familiar with Coach Campbell. And I wonder now if this um, – does this make you feel better about the Lions? Because if there is an injury to Jared Goff, you know they have a capable backup in Teddy Bridgewater. And does it make you think that the Lions feel so good about themselves this season – that bringing in a reliable guy like Bridgewater, who could be a starter as a backup, shows you how serious they are about competing. Yeah, I think that's an important factor is when, you, when you've got something to lose, you want to make sure that you've got something to back you up. Like if I, I think most teams in the NFL, if they lose their starting quarterback for the season, it, it's bad news. But if you're, if you're a team that can compete, you're competing for a division, which the Lions are favored to win the NFC North, they're obviously expected to compete for the division – and your quarterback gets hurt for a month. You want to be able to survive that month. You want a backup who can get who can go two and two in that time mm-hmm. and not zero oh and four. And Teddy Bridgewater is uh, it's an investment. You know he, what he makes six and a half million last year to back yeah. up Tua. I mean I'm sure the, the Dolphins were glad they made that investment. Although eventually Teddy Bridgewater got yeah. hurt too, and then they were stuck with Skylar Thompson, who gave them basically no chance of winning. So. Uh, it's it's important to have depth when you're a competitive team. The Lions certainly feel themselves as one of those. And uh, Dan Campbell and Bridgewater were together in New Orleans when Dan Campbell was the assistant coach and uh, tight ends coach for the offense when Bridgewater was there. A couple other odds for position battles in the NFL. We have two running back battles, one in Philadelphia, one in Seattle. Here are the odds. Eagles starting running back week one. Rashad Penny, minus 200. DeAndre Swift plus three hundred, Kenneth Gainwell plus three hundred. Uh, this is a a tighter battle than I like than I can think of in a long time. It feels like there's a lot of guys here who who make sense. I don't feel good about any of these because a lot of it is just situational, right? Yeah, and and, and what do they mean by starters? The guy who takes the first snap? Well, what's what's the book say? Does it say who takes the most snaps in game one? What what's the uh, the rule here? Because the starter feels like the guy who takes the first snap. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if it's who takes the most snaps week one, it could, right. there could so be an injury. The, war, the wording is important here because I see it's different on two different books. One book says who will be the – okay, here it is. The running back battles, not not necessarily who will have the first carry – It's who will be the bell cow, who will have the most carries. So who will have the most carries in week one for the Eagles? Rashad Penny, DeAndre Swift, or Kenneth Gainwell? I'm going to go with Rashad Penny. Why do you say that? Uh, it just feels like he's a, he's the the most versatile of the backs. I can see him down on, you know, out on the field the most. Eagles week one at the Patriots. Playing against the Patriots makes it even more confusing. I, you know what? I'm, I pass. I, I have no action on this because who knows what kind of defense they're going to throw at the, the Eagles. Like, how about this? I bet Jalen Hurts has the most carries. <laughs> can, can I play that? <laughs> That's not a part of this bet. This is a running back position battle. Ah. I, I'm going to go with Kenneth Gainwell. Why, why Gainwell? Because I think the Patriots play a more traditional style of defense, and I think the Eagles are going to want to throw some read options and some some motions in there. And I think Gainwell's the guy that showed himself in the playoffs last year and is is, is a versatile back and would play well in that read option system with, uh, with Jalen Hurts. And it's plus 300, so why not? Yeah, uh, the other battle here is who will have the most carries for the Seahawks in week one? Zach Charbonnet. 
the rookie out of UCLA, minus 125 favorite. Kenneth Walker, plus 125. And Kenny McIntosh, plus 500. I'm going to go with the rookie uh, if he's healthy. And that's a a big if because he's already dealt with some stuff in the preseason. But from what I was reading, Charbonnet was sharp in camp. And that's a guy who's versatile. He can can run. He can help out of the backfield. I think that's something they're looking for. I think that's the reason why they went out and got him was they wanted a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield. So that's a guy I would look for. So it's definitely not going to be Kenny McIntosh because – and by the way, every Seahawks running back just gets hurt in every practice. So (laughs) the latest from Seattle, like – early or this weekend was that Charbonnet is returning to practice. McIntosh though had a knee injury and left practice and Kenneth Walker is on the mend from his groin injury. So I think when it comes down to it, Charbonnet is probably going to be the healthiest one, but here's the thing. Charbonnet's injury was shoulder. Mm. Kenneth Walker was groin. If Kenneth Walker sits in the preseason and rests up the groin and he's fine, he'll be he'll be okay. But if Charbonnet plays and he's a little bit banged up and he gets a stinger, somebody tackles him, hits him hard, and he comes out of the game, he, he ain't going to have the most carries. I might want to rethink my position because I just realized it's the most carries and not the most touches. I said Charbonnet is going to be on the field more because they value him as a pass catcher. Mm-hmm. Maybe when he's out there, that's what they're looking to do. Uh, and you know that, that when they want when they want to run the ball, they're gonna they're gonna have a run package out there. Maybe that would make more sense. They play the Rams Week One at home. Yeah, let's go, Kenneth Walker. I think we'll go, Kenneth move. Walker at plus one twenty-five. Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ. It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped aboard as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. 
So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. We have fallout from the White Sox-Guardians brawl. Down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. Tim Anderson, uh, insult to injury. Not only did he get knocked down, but he has been suspended six games for his involvement in the altercation, while Jose Ramirez, who clocked him, suspended only three games for his role in the altercation. I was surprised that there was such a gap. I don't really understand why. It seemed like they both decided. It's an amazing new rule that Major League Baseball. It's it's an amazing new rule that Major League Baseball has uh, instituted here. The loser of the fight gets suspended more. I actually like that. Yeah, it's like I think in hockey, whoever loses the fight, that guy should go to the penalty box. That's a that you should. Yes, you win the fight. Hey, guess what? Well, in the NHL, they'll bring back the goon. I can tell you that. In the NHL video games, I can tell you this: when you do have a fight, the team that wins the fight gets all of their players full stamina Ooh. the team that loses the fight they has no drop. boost mm. no boost so you get a boost by winning the fight because it's supposed to be your team is now your team's They're excited fired and fired up after you won the fight sticks on the glass right That's sticks right. on the board the tap your sticks uh another suspension for cleveland closure emmanuel class a has been suspended for one game for part of the brawl here Anderson and Ramirez are appealing their suspensions. The disciplines are, you know, just kind of chilling. Uh, Class A, and as well as Terry Francona and manager uh, Pedro Grifo of the White Sox, served their suspensions on Monday, yesterday. The Guardians did lose to the Blue Jays 3-1. to one. So it's not like they needed uh, Class A, or maybe they did, because this was a 2-1 game going into the top of the ninth inning. Now, I'm not saying you put your closer in when you're down one at home, but maybe they would have. But Class A does not go into the game, and they lose 3-1, to one, which spoiled a great performance from Gavin Williams, who struck out 12 batters, allowing just one hit over seven innings. Your starter gives you seven shutout innings with 12 strikeouts, and you lose that game? That's tough to swallow. That's pretty embarrassing. Um, and meanwhile, in that game... Jose Ramirez, one for four. Not ideal. Not good. Might as well just take the day take, off. Take, take, in fact, take three days off. Yeah, take three days off is right. You know, for the White Sox, they beat the Yankees, and it was Garrett Cole, Dylan Cease, good pitching matchup there. Uh, Garrett Cole winds up going seven innings. He gives up four runs on five hits. He only strikes out three. But the bulk of the runs came later on. So he gave up two runs in the second inning, three runs in the eighth inning. So he would have taken the loss no matter what. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it, the stat line looks worse than what his actual yes. day was. Uh, he actually pitched well up until in the eighth inning. Things kind of got away from him, and it was a, it was a Vaughn home run in the second. See, Garrett Cole in the home runs, man, past two starts. Coming back, Dylan Seats pitched really well. Tim Anderson led off the game, and 0 for 2 with two strikeouts. You know what? Lunch, take take the day take off. Some days off take take the next six days yep. off. <laughs> uh, a lot of reports going around the White Sox because of the culture there. Some players refuting the reports from the Yankees reliever Middleton. 
I just don't, I just think this is a team to fade. Maybe it's only in Dylan C starts where you don't fade them, but it, it has not looked good for or it doesn't look good for the White Sox moving forward. Mackenzie, do we have updated win totals or with 50 games left or so, do we not have that anymore in Major League Baseball? Is the book still hanging win totals? Yeah, William Hill is posting them more and more infrequently, uh, trying not to get exposed. But if you look at fan graphs, they project 66 wins for the White Sox. White Sox 46 and 68 right now, a minus 90. They have won three straight, minus 90 in the run differential. They've won three straight games, though. Okay. Yeah, uh, under over 66 games. Um, 48 games left for the White Sox. And according to the remaining strength of schedule, the easiest strength of schedule remaining in Major League Baseball. Oh, so buy on? No, but we have a team that's completely uh, that's going down the toilet. Yeah. But no the thanks. schedule is so easy for them for the rest of the year. We can go 20 and 28. Book us. <laughs> 20 and 28 for the easiest schedule. Boy, they're going to have to lose some games to the Royals, the Tigers, and the, uh, and the A's if we're going to get to that. How many of their 48 starts is Dylan Cease going to pitch? That's the question. Uh, I made a comment on Twitter last night about Spencer Strider. The reason why I made the comment and the comment that I tweeted out was, did Strider just lose the Cy Young? Spencer Strider came into his start last night as the favorite to win the Cy Young in the National League. Remember McKenzie on yesterday morning show was like, why? He's got a terrible ERA. And I'm like, well, the dude was 12 and three with the strikeout numbers and the strikeout prop was nine and a half. The market is asking why right yeah. now. They come along with me. Well, I want you to give me those numbers in just a second. Let's explain what happened last night. Spencer Strider goes. Yeah, if you thought his ERA was bad yesterday morning. <laughs> Strider goes two and two-thirds innings, gives up six runs, three walks, and three strikeouts. He gets pulled in the third inning. What an embarrassing inning it was. And it was it's crazy because it didn't have to be. Like, he gave up one run, and there was two outs, but then it was a walk. And then another walk. Yeah. He walks three in that inning. He had not walked more than two batters in a game since June 3rd when he walked four batters. He walked three in the third inning. And so he gets pulled. The Braves, a valiant comeback effort, but they lose 7-6 to the Pirates. Spencer Strider came into the night as the favorite. Where are we now in the National League Cy Young Award odds, McKenzie? He is now the fourth favorite. Spencer Strider is 7-1. to one. Zach Gallen, he's your favorite at 2-1. to one. Blake Snell right behind him at plus 250. So who's the third favorite? Is it Justin Steele? Justin Steele. Wow. 5-1. to one. Finally getting some respect. When I look at Justin Steele, I say he has a lower ERA than Spencer Strider. That means something to me. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Well, finally getting some, some respect there. Justin Steele, good job. Hell yeah, um, Cubs. Yeah. So... Yeah, you're right. Cubs gonna win today. You still don't know that song. Uh, but I think this is, I feel very strongly about my Zach Gallon ticket. I'm very happy about that. Uh, not like I was rooting against Spencer Strider. Actually. What'd you get? Plus 210, plus 225? No. <laughs> <laughs> way, way, way beyond that. We don't talk about it in pocket, though, right? Guys? There you go, there we don't you talk go, about it in go. pocket, except for bets that we gave out but on the air. But this was preseason. Yes. And we gave it out on the air. It was 16 to 1, by the way. Zach Allen. But we back. don't talk about, you know, tickets in the pocket. No, no. We, if we, we did, though, that it would have been a while back and it was <laughs> 16 to 1. We, we don't talk about that. Yeah. What's the updated American League odds? Just out of curiosity, because, you know, I mentioned Garrett Cole yeah. did have a, a rough outing here. So what's the current odds in the American League? Cole is still minus 230. Framber Valdez wow. is next as plus 5 to 1. Mm. Where's Shane McClanahan? Shane McClanahan, 40 to 1. He's yeah. on the only, what, He's only someone would have given that to me. 
pre uh, preseason, I would yell at them now. So you're saying, yeah, my plus seven fifty is. I think it's trash. Okay. <laughs> I think it's trash. We'll, we'll do one of these. <laughs> yeah, and with the uh, with the loss for the Yankees yesterday, what's the uh, the updated playoff odds for those New York Yankees? Scott was convinced they're they're going to make a push. I'm not so sure. So Fangraphs.com has 11% for the New York Yankees to make the postseason. Mm. Scott, are they making it? <sighs> Five and a half games out of a wild card spot. I don't think the Mariners You're stay there. And there's a chance. <laughs> I don't think the Red Sox stay there. But I think that maybe the Blue Jays aren't going anywhere. All right. So I don't think the Yankees make up five and a half games against the Blue Jays. And what about Scott's other uh, love, the Anaheim Angels? The L.A. Angels are down to 1.4%. Oh, they God. lost again. Far cry night. from the playoff, from the trade day. I mean, line. seven straight losses. They have not won a game since the trade deadline. And remember how I talked about, oh, how it could have been different with all the, the results and stuff? Last night... The Giants scored six runs in the ninth inning. Oh. As the Angels lost eight to three. Yes, if you're doing the math, this was a 3 2 Angels lead, and all they had to do was close out the game with a win. I, I, I don't need to do the math. The math has been done for me because the Angels' closer, Carlos Estevez, is on my fantasy team. Mm. And all I got to do is pull it up on my little app here. One-third of an inning pitched, 135 ERA, 15 whip. Why don't they have Otani close good. for him? Because <laughs> Otani's got to start. He can't do everything, McKenzie. That's the problem. You know what? Why not? You should uh, let's just send them out there. you got to win a game, right? right? That's what I'm saying. But now I, I, I We're think— We're going to pay you $60 million. We're going to need you to do <laughs> a little bit more. I think you could— I think you can kind of close the door now. Eight games out for the Angels. You know, they should trade him before the deadline. Just <laughs> oh, maximize oh. their... <laughs> what's what's the Angels' current uh, win projection now? With the seven straight losses. They are looking at 80 and 82 projected. They're going to finish under 500. That's so embarrassing. Oh, and they like... You know what's crazy? Not that they didn't sell him, that they like added pieces around him and like respectable pieces and people are like, oh man, they're now, going for it. Yeah. Now, a week ago... This projection had to have been higher before the seven straight losses, right? One of the bets that I gave out preseason was Angels over 82 and a half wins. It looked good seven days ago. One seven days ago. One week ago. It looked great. (laughs) They're bringing new pieces in. Yes. (laughs) No wonder Scott was like, they shouldn't trade (laughs) Otani. They've got to keep him and go for it. Seven straight losses. This is embarrassing. This is absolutely embarrassing. I feel bad for the organization because it makes them look even worse. And now, Otani's not going to resign there. No. He sees them tanking here in the second half. Bye-bye. See ya. Let's take a look at the lines for today's Major League Baseball action. We got a doubleheader in Philly. The Nationals and the Phillies will play two. Trevor Williams starts for the Nats. Zach Wheeler scheduled to go game one for the Phillies, but these things can change. Doubleheaders, you can never really uh, look at the pitching just yet because uh, it could change. So if you're placing an early bet, like an overnight bet, or you wake up early and you're placing a bet, you always have to make sure you do listed pitchers because the game could change. They could decide to tweak it that day and say, you know what, we're going to hold Zach Wheeler to game two of today's double dip. But uh, early odds have the Phillies almost minus 300 
in game one with Zach Wheeler on the mound. Game two, uh, Josiah Gray for the Nationals, Ranger Suarez for the Phillies. That's the schedule for um, what it looks like. Now, Ranger Suarez was supposed to pitch yesterday, so maybe Suarez goes game one instead and Wheeler game two. Uh, It was supposed to be Suarez against Williams yesterday. So, again, keep uh, pay attention to the listed pitchers on your bet. Marlins take on the Reds. Braxton Garrett goes for Miami. Luke Weaver for Cincinnati. Miami is minus 140. The Twins are at the Tigers. They roughed up Detroit last night. Uh, something tells me it's going to be a little different tonight. Sonny Gray on the mound for the Twins. Eduardo Rodriguez for the Tigers. Minnesota's minus 120. How about I give you my favorite bet for the show today? My best bet is going to be under eight. With the, the Tigers, I feel like the Tigers bounce back here. Obviously, their best arm on the mound. I think they they hold these guys in check. And like Sonny it. Gray is Sonny Gray. We Sonny know, Gray is Sonny Tigers Gray. aren't going to beat up Sonny Gray. That's a, that's a fair point there. I like it. Uh, the Cardinals are at the Rays. Miles Michaelis goes for St. Louis. Zach Eflin for Tampa. Rays are minus 178. Astros at the Orioles. Framber Valdez, the Cy Young second favorite in the American League, goes for Tam- uh, Houston for the Orioles. It's Grayson Rodriguez. Houston's minus Minus 125. Question. What do we think of Framber after the no-hitter? Do we back him after the no-hitter? Do we fade him He's, after the no-hitter? Listen, he wasn't good before the no-hitter. The couple starts before the no-hitter, we were like, what's going on with Framber? I, I, it's a pass for me. I, I kind of lean to the Astros because Grayson Rodriguez is about the least reliable pitcher the Orioles have. Uh, and he relies on strikeouts, and the Astros don't strike out a lot. So I, I want to lean to the Strohs, but that's that, that question that you asked is too much of a, a an unknown for me. I mean, Domingo Herman, we saw his struggles before, and then after he threw a perfect game. Yeah, but he was hammered. Fromber's going to pitch sober. Not cool, dude. <laughs> I'm not even going to courtesy chuckle out of you. (laughs) Man, y'all left me to hang out to dry. All right. Too soon. Uh, Royals at the Red Sox. Cutter Crawford for Boston. Brady Singer for KC. Boston's minus 180. Cubs at the Mets. The Mets beat the Cubs last night. Uh, That was uh, surprising. Cody Senga on the mound did did what Cody Senga does. But the offense was surprising for the Mets as uh, they broke out in a big, big way. Pete Alonso couple of home runs early. Uh, I think I like backing the Cubbies here in this one to get revenge. Yeah, Cubs have been fantastic before last night. I, I expect with a, a more hittable pitcher on the mound. And let's face it, the, the Mets traded every other good pitcher they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I expect they struggle a little yeah, more. Yeah, Carrasco, Jamison, Tyone. Tyone and the Cubs are minus 140 favorites. The Blue Jays are at the Guardians. You say Kikuchi against Tanner Beebe. Toronto is minus 125. Rockies at the Brewers. Kyle Freeland goes for the Rockies. Wade Miley for the Brewers. Milwaukee's minus 225. Milwaukee beat them up 12 to 1 last night. That's assault, brother. The Yankees and the White Sox will do it again. Tiki Toussaint on the mound for the White Sox. Clark Schmidt. For the Yankees, Bombers minus 155. Giants at the Angels, Lucas Giolito for the Angels. Not sure he's going to go for the Giants just yet, but can you back the Angels? Seven no. straight losses? They haven't won a game since of course, the— Of course you can. Do you martingale it? Just keep doubling up on the Angels? They haven't won a game since the since the uh, trade deadline. I almost said all-star break. Uh, Dodgers at the Diamondbacks, uh, Brandon Fatt. For the Diamondbacks, Julio Urias for the Dodgers, L.A. minus 160. Speaking of a team that is— really tanked in the second half, it's the Diamondbacks. I mean, this was a team that was in first place, and people were thinking, they got a shot, right? 
Uh, they've lost six straight games. It has not looked good for the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are nine games back now of the Dodgers for first place in the NL West. The Padres are at the Mariners, two teams chasing wildcard spots. Logan Gilbert for Seattle. Nick Martinez goes for the Padres. Seattle's minus 145, total of eight and a half. And, you know, maybe the Mariners knew what they were doing by trading Paul Sewold because, you know, Paul Sewold's been blowing saves for the Diamondbacks yeah. as they've been losing. Meanwhile, the Mariners have been winning. Yeah. So you thought you thought they were trading their They've closer. They've got to figure it out. No, no, no. They, they were knew. Like, yeah, we know. Rangers at the A's. Max Scherzer gets his second start for the Rangers. J.P. Sears goes for the A's. Texas is minus 250. They were a heavy favorite last night. They won the game 5-3 over the A's. One final baseball nugget. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys saw this story about Orioles broadcaster Kevin Brown, who was essentially fired. He was removed from the Mass and Broadcasts. Because he talked about the— Suspended indefinitely. Yeah. He talked about the Orioles losing history against the Tampa Bay Rays at Tropicana Field. For the Orioles, Brandon Hyde has felt like this has been maybe the toughest ballpark to play in. But the Orioles have a chance to do something special today. They've already clinched at least a split in the series, winning two of the first three. And they could pick up a series win behind Tyler Wells today. It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field. You have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th, 2017, the last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. Already got three and two of the Trop this year after winning three of 18. The previous three years, combined it is a stark difference Ben and it is not a bad Rays team it's not like all of a sudden the no. Rays uh, became slouches in the American League East they've led this division every day but now two and the Orioles once again are back alone in first place there was nothing in there that was bad I listened to it multiple times I was waiting for him to say like Hitler wasn't all wrong <laughs> like throw out some random racial slur or, or say like talk about the, you know, the hot sideline reporter for the, uh, the Rays. None of that happened. So it's like all these things that guys are getting fired for that. None of those things. All he did was say, you know what? Our team has struggled until this season in this ballpark. Now we're winning. Like if you're the Orioles, what do you do? Like, are you trying to whitewash history and be like, Orioles have been the best organization in baseball over the last 20 years. <laughs> Stop it. You're terrible. Now, this is what bothers me about the whole thing is and he's not fired. He's suspended indefinitely right now. Uh, and, and they whatever they said, he's going to come back, uh, whatever it is. This was a produced segment. They had graphics on the screen. This was pre-planned. Is, is Do you think he wrote this? Is the producer fired? I mean, they they if he's in trouble, they should be in trouble. Because you know he didn't come up with this whole thing on his own. That's not how it works. There was one cool thing that came out of this. All across Major League Baseball yesterday, announcers, the fraternity that is, the media members of Major League Baseball, all the play-by-play guys, they seem to all comment on it. I want to play you a couple of uh, montage here of some calls from around Major League Baseball yesterday as they all stuck up for their colleague in Kevin Brown. Here was Jason Benetti on the White Sox broadcast. They were 6-7 and seven against the Orioles this year as so they lost 
seven times but they did beat Baltimore six times which I hope I don't get suspended by the Orioles for saying that. Good knock there by Benetti. Here was Gary Cohn on the SNY Mets broadcast. Let me just say one thing to Baltimore Orioles management. You draped yourself in humiliation when you fired John Miller and you're doing it again and if you don't want Kevin Brown there are 29 other teams who do. It's a horrendous decision by the Orioles. I don't know what they were thinking but they've gotten exactly the reaction that they deserve and it's just a shame because the Orioles are playing so well and now they've diverted attention from that and sticking in New York John Sterling and Susan Waldman on the Yankees radio broadcast how can you do your job if you can't tell the truth but he didn't even say anything negative right. he was extolling how good they are because look what they've done this year and in the past they didn't do it so I don't understand it I when I saw the clip I was waiting for him to say something horrible and it was it was not it it's just here's Benintendi and the pitchers I've never heard of that in my life we, if that guy was our boss, we'd get fired every day. I mean, we comment that the Yankees have terrible batting averages and they have terrible on base percentage. And they can't That's run. The truth. That's the truth. So was, I think it was just really cool how, like I said, everyone around Major League Baseball incredibly supportive of Kevin Brown and really attacking the Orioles for just a really confusing thing that happened. Not everyone was supportive. Uh, the guy that got fired by the A's for dropping the uh, the in bomb yeah. earlier this season, the the museum in bomb, he actually <laughs> said this was egregious and they should they should <laughs> yeah. absolutely fire Kevin Brown. They should he fire. Was, yeah, he, it was, was over the line. He said. Yeah, that'll close out Major League Baseball for the show. <laughs> well, or do better, Orioles. Do better. Did I did I do two bad jokes, distasteful jokes today? Mm. Like. One uh, distasteful, too soon. Courtesy laughs out of you guys today. This was a rough morning for you me. You won't be hitting up any open mics anytime <laughs> soon. Right. Let's just All say right. that. I feel like RJ's here telling me how not funny I am. Why don't you guys go over to pregame.com, and you can laugh at how much money you'll save. <laughs> nice PJ, PJ Herman there. Yeah, I like, it. I like it. Yeah, PJ Herman. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> We, you know, we didn't do any Pee Wee Herman impressions. I know. He lives on in all of us. He does, man. We, I, we didn't. What was your favorite Pee Wee moment? I mean, to me, it's the breakfast machine. Yes. I mean, I mean the breakfast machine yes. scene in Pee Wee's. I thought adventure. you were going to say the, the theater incident. <laughs> My favorite. Yes. What are you supposed to do in those places? <laughs> It's a darkened room. Oh, There's porno on the screen. Oh, I think that's what goodness. they're intended for. No, the, the breakfast machine was was incredible. But the best part of that scene is as he sits down to eat. And he does the whole, come on, Mr. Breakfast. Come on, Pee-wee. Can I have some Mr. T cereal? Okay. I'll pay you the fool to don't eat my cereal. Yeah, he makes this elaborate breakfast <laughs> and, and then, then he, he just takes, eats Mr. T then cereal. He, then he takes one bite of the Mr. T cereal and goes... All done. <laughs> he does a little napkin on his face. <laughs> but that the breakfast was incredible. It looked oh, delicious. So good. It made me hungry. I wanted to eat it, but uh, yeah, R.I.P. Uh, Pee Wee Herman. Head on over to pregame.com. Laugh at the money that you'll save because it'll be a lot, especially when you use our promo code preseason20. NFL preseason action is here. Get a preseason best bet. Plenty of cappers on pregame.com have preseason NFL bets up already. You can take 20% off your purchase at pregame.com using the promo code PRESEASON20. You can also jump on board any season-long package, taking 20% off of that. To me, more bang for your buck. That seems like a good deal. We have NFL packages. We have college football packages. We have combo NFL and college football packages. 
That would seem like the best yeah, way to handle it. Best of both it. worlds, they say. Exactly. Choose your favorite pregame pro and jump on board at pregame.com. New members that sign up get a free $25 site credit just for being a pregame.com member. For Mackenzie Rivers and A.J. Hoffman and Pee Wee Herman and the fraternity that is Major League Baseball broadcasters, I'm Scott Sattenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. Hey, hey!